It's mid-December 2022, and it's the season of good cheer. Whether in anticipation of Christmas or the World Cup still underway in Qatar, although it is slightly less good cheer for England. And speaking of team sports, how about this for a segue? The east of England's tech sector has a lot in common with the sporting side. Each member of the team, whether Norwich, Cambridge, Colchester, Ipswich or any point in between, brings a unique set of skills to the pitch. Cambridge is the inspirational talisman. Think Roy Keane, Leah Williamson or Paolo Maldini. Adastral Park in Suffolk owns the midfield and unlocks the breakout plays. Colchester is the winger with energy in abundance and Norwich is the mercurial centre-forward bursting with raw talent. To navigate the tactics and team play of the sector and to complete this somewhat tortured footballing metaphor, I turned to Tech East's answer to Gary Lineker, Chief Operating Officer Tim Robinson. Well, it's it's a uh, slightly gloomy overcast morning here in Suffolk, and but it what is absolutely not gloomy is Tim Robinson, of Chief Operating Officer of Tech East, who is my guest on Eastern Promise today. Tim, thank you so much for your time. Well, thanks for having me, Mike, and uh, lovely to have you in Suffolk. It's it's lovely to be here. I I, I think I always think uh, I never quite do enough in Suffolk, and uh, it's always a, a pleasure to get down here. Um, so, Tech East, for those not steeped in the law, could you explain to us what Tech East is what Tech East is and what it does? So, Tech East is a regional, i.e. East of England, tech cluster body. We um, exist really to to do three things. I mean, first is to give a voice to tech businesses in the region and the wider tech ecosystem in the region at a national level and actually increasingly an international level. Uh, And why do we do that? Well, because um, as you and I both know, the East of England is a fantastic place for tech, but it's probably not that well known beyond our own area, certainly in uh, the corridors of Whitehall, you know, one might be forgiven for thinking that the east of England was simply a place called Cambridge. Um, and we know that there's a whole load of stuff going on in Suffolk, in Norfolk, in Essex, in other parts of the region uh, that deserves to have a voice and deserves to have national recognition. And that recognition is obviously extremely important when it comes to things like government making investments in the future of you know the infrastructure and the developments that will help the, the sector grow. So. We're here to give the region a voice. Uh, we're here to really connect businesses that are starting up or scaling here uh, with the best possible opportunities to help them grow. Mm-hmm. And those opportunities might be on their doorstep, and sometimes they are. Um, and I'm thinking talking about things like access to really good uh, investors, access to fantastic talent, access to the best possible programs to help them grow. Um, might be on their doorstep. They might be just over the, uh, as it were, the county boundary in a place like Cambridge. They might be in London and they might be beyond, uh, beyond the sort of southeast or the greater southeast and the rest of the UK or elsewhere in the world. So we work very, very hard to try and figure out out of all of the noise out there in the market at any given time, plethora of programs, funding opportunities, whatever, which ones might be most relevant and most exciting for startups and scale-ups in the region. Um, so it's a kind of joining up and a making connections, and, and that's the way we would see that we can support businesses. And then thirdly, it's about playing our part and helping the tech sector play its part in you know, helping digitize the regional, region's economy in a really mm-hmm. positive way. So, you know, 10 years ago, probably talk about, or even five, 10 years ago, you talk about tech almost as a separate sector on its own. We all kind of knew, you know, kind of internet based companies, maybe hardware as well, but essentially, you know, software sector on it, as, as, a, as, a, as a standalone sector. Whereas now we know that whether it's in healthcare, or energy or manufacturing or 
retail or construction or whatever it might, whatever sector it might be, kind of tech's getting everywhere. It's kind of becoming the norm for mm. exciting new startups to have a digital business model or a digitally enabled business model. Um, but as a region, you know, we also know there are lots of SMEs and micro businesses and sort of traditional sectors that need help to digitize and the public sector. So Tech East is sort of there to enable a positive connection between the tech sector and the rest of the economy. Yeah. So give me, if you can, the bright spots. We're talking um, as 2022's winding to a close. Yeah. Um, give me the points of light that are shining brightest for you at the moment in the, if you can, in the, uh, uh, the tech sector in the east of England. Okay. I mean, I think if we start with the, with the businesses themselves, Clearly, uh, it's clearly been a pretty challenging time for the economy this year. Um, but, you know, I'm pleased to see that there are, re you know, uh, very relatively few, if any, casualties from the tech sector of that, of, 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 of the kind of wider economic concerns, you know, all those sort of more kind of macro issues that we've, 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 been, we've, been, we've been faced over the last, last few years. Um, so the businesses seem to be doing pretty well. Digital business models tend to be quite resilient, you know, and certainly during the pandemic, we saw um, a real kind of turbocharging effect on certain sectors like e-commerce, UX, um, obviously anything to do with remote working, anything to do with entertainment delivered over the internet. So, um, you know, we've, we've, we've kind of, the businesses have, have, have sort of benefited to some extent from that on the whole. Um, and there are a number of startups and scale-ups in the region that really are world-class, there's no doubt about it. Um, and and, and there, there seem to be more and more of those. So I think the sector is doing pretty well. Um, I mean, I'm not going to call out any individual businesses That's this fine. year, probably because, and we might come on to this later, you know, it, it, we're not a region at the moment that is about, you know, two or three blockbuster famous startups and scale-ups it's more of a kind of um a collective of success um that might change if we have one or two sort of serious exits in the, in the future um in terms of bright spots so so the business is one thing i think a, 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 another area is you know there's quite, in the wider regional economy there's some quite exciting stuff happening you know, there's Freeport East just down the road, Felixstowe and Harwich and the kind of wider geography which will attract investment, we hope, and um, potentially kickstart more innovation around sectors like manufacturing, logistics, uh, mobility. Um, the Sizewell Sea just up the road, yep. 700 million announced yesterday. Um, whether you're pro or anti Sizewell C, it will no doubt have a massive effect on the economy of not just it's, Suffolk, but the region. Do, yeah. um, there are, I think, so I think those, those are two things. I think on the sort of science research, tech, you know, the kind of deep tech side, a couple of really interesting things just from the last few months that I've spotted. I mean, one is I think Norwich Research Park is looking like its future is brighter than ever. This has got yeah. a fantastic dynamic new chief executive who we both know, Ros Bird. Mm -hmm. um, oh, Anglia Innovation Partners, I should say, probably rather than uh, yes, okay. is the correct terminology. But Ros is a real powerhouse, and you know she's bringing a kind of mentality and a mindset that's been very successful in places like Silverstone Technology Cluster to Norwich. You know she's a you know, she's got a track record in Cambridge. She will understand intrinsically how to link up the success of the potential of Norwich Research Park and its various institutes with, uh, with the Cambridge effect or the Cambridge phenomenon. And you and I have been involved in uh, uh, at least one train journey. Yes, uh, indeed. Or two train indeed. journey, return train journey on yeah. that one. That's great. I think, you know, NRP is a sort of sleeping, you know, is a, has been a sleeper and is potentially a powerhouse in terms of bioinformatics and engineering biology and plant science and all those sorts of good things. Um, I think, you know, I'm seeing a real energy and a commitment down at BT, at Adastral Park, uh, to, you know, for Adastral Park to play its role in the region. They had a really good robotics festival last um, week, which was a bit of an eye-opener for me. 
you know, there were robotic startups all over the place, some of them local. There were, there's a robotics lab, you know, there was thought leadership that was really, really good. Um, and I think, you know, uh, BT and Adastral Park team in particular, I should uh, shout out to Lisa Perkins, who's our chair of Tech East, mm. you know, really doing absolutely everything they can to put it on the map. And then just yesterday at Adastral Park, we had the launch of a um, kind of eco house, um, you know, sustainable, uh, sustainability institute with the University of Suffolk and BT. I'm always amazed at the depth of um, expertise and talent that there is around here in just about every area that matters, whether that's in clean energy and net zero, or as I say, health or, 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 other, or other areas. And then, and then, you know, there are, you know, you name it, Mike, you know, whether it's quantum technology, space, mm. um, artificial intelligence, not cryptocurrency, I think, you know, <laughs> but uh, yeah, but, but just about everything else that is a, buzz, is a buzzword in tech, there's something substantial here. So I think those are a, those are a couple of bright spots. I think the, probably the last one is that, um, yeah, there's been a lot of investment in tech skills, digital skills over the last few years, mm. uh, enabled actually in large part, I think very well by the public sector. So New Anglia, LEP, um, Suffolk County Council, Norfolk County Council, there's been a real commitment to trying to sort out the skills gap, digital skills gap regionally. And uh, that does now seem to be paying off because there's, you know, places like the Digitech factory in Norwich at City College Norwich, there's the Digitech Centre at Astral Park, there's the Tech Campus at Suffolk New College, there's Productivity East. They're all now, not churning is the wrong word, <laughs> they are producing a a better pipeline of you know apprenticeships, uh, apprentices, undergraduate, um, undergraduates, postgraduate students in areas like artificial intelligence, data science. It's all good, and it needed to happen. And so I feel like the kind of like the the skills infrastructure side has has really really improved. I mean, it's it, it's very interesting um, just to, to counter back through what you were just saying because. Um... First of all, uh, Digitech, the Digitech factory, um, it's this, this very week, actually, uh, hopefully tonight, uh, I will be uploading my tour of the Digitech factory ah. with uh, James Lee Burgess. Yeah. And plus my uh, recording of me trying, on, trying to use a um, Trimble HoloLens headset, which, <laughs> which um, <clears throat> as I've put in, the, some sequences were shortened, mainly um, James uh, Lee Burgess explaining very patiently to me, you need to keep your head still, Mike. Oh, okay. Um, and when I was in Cambridge recently, uh, interviewing Cambridge Ahead, who are, uh, as many will know, of the city, by the city, for the city. Yeah. Um, and they were sort of talking about the places you named, uh, the NLP and uh, Adastral Park, in, in, in what, what I, uh, I would regard as appropriately reverential and respectful tone. Good. Uh, terms. Um, and uh, possibly even I may have de detected a hint of envy, mm. although that might, might just be my fancy. Um, tech, uh, tech sector networking in the sector uh, is, um, oh, that doesn't make sense. Tech sector networking is reportedly very strong um, and Tech East have played a huge part in making that happen and developing that further. Uh, to what extent do we see that networking develop outside geographical boundaries, perhaps uh, driven by the particular part of the uh, sector. So, for example, uh, blockchain. Um, I, I, you know, I don't understand half these terms being, but that kind of thing, uh, crossing those uh, geographical boundaries and how much is still driven by the, se the se scene in Norwich, the scene in Cambridge, the scene in Ipswich mm, mm. and so on. Uh, it's a really interesting question. I mean, networking is really important uh, because unless you do net, you know, as an individual, as a founder, as a, you know, someone trying to grow a tech business, unless you do some networking, you're not going to meet customers, you're not going to meet talent, you're not going to meet investors, etc. And I think, especially at the early stage, you need to be talking to other tech business people who have probably been there and done that, and done it successfully, and learned from them. Um, I think, you know, there's lots of different types of networking, but I, I always think that it's quite tribal. So I think, I think, I think networks of 
often develop around either you know areas of interest, whether that's a place or a you know or a a topic like blockchain you mentioned um, or AI or robotics or whatever it might be. Um, so I think you can have you know different networks for different things. I mean, what Tech East has always tried to do is to try and kind of kind of embrace everything that embrace all of the networks in the region, help promote their events, for example, on our website and our you know our, our socials and newsletters and things like that. Uh, and there's a ton of there's a ton of stuff going on. There's pretty much something going on every day. Yeah. Um, so at the very least, what we've tried to do, we've always said is like you know never miss a tech event in the region. That's kind of was our strap line for events. And and uh, does but 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 you know to your question you know how much mixing up is there across geography? For example, you know are there networks which have lots of kind of Cambridge and Norwich and Ipswich people in them simultaneously? Uh, probably probably not enough um i think i i mean i think kind of loyalty to places and cities is is really important and that's what's driven a lot of tech ecosystems in the uk Mm -hmm. certainly you know you look at somewhere like bristol it's been a great success story part of what's uh, enabled that to happen is they had a really great central hub for that in bristol with the engine shed down at temple mead station which was the sort of like the roof under which all the kind of all the real kind of guts of the development of the ecosystem took place you know the meetups would meet there and all, all that sort of stuff we don't really have the equivalent in the east of england we've got smaller and more distributed hubs and, and centers um and certainly during the pandemic uh we ran a well to begin with weekly and then and then fortnightly uh virtual networking event called Tech and Toast on a Friday morning, which was good fun and did used to draw in people across a wider geography. Mm. And certainly uh, it was it was much easier with, um, you know, doing that on Zoom than it is face to face because, you know, if it's 65 mile drive, yes, you're not going to get that many people. Having said that, you know, I, you know, when I when I go out and about in Cambridge or Norwich or whatever, I do think there is a bit more mix mixing and commingling. But it's just in the nature of the region, because it's quite a big region and quite widely spaced out, that on a practical level, especially for people who've got kind of family commitments or caring commitments or whatever, life commitments, you know, getting everyone to turn up for 8.30 at a a networking session or an evening thing, it's just never going to happen. So I think there's a sort of... (laughs) You know, in terms of where I think networking will kind of go, I think there's a there's a role for bigger sort of flagship events and conferences that bring up people from a wider geography. And latterly this year, I mean, I've been out and about a little bit more uh, in terms of, you know, overseas travel. Um, I led a, a East of England tech delegation to Paris in May and uh, was involved in one earlier this month at Lisbon at Web Summit and then we're going to do another one in February in Barcelona at Mobile World Congress. There, if you've got a, a kind of enough of a sort of magnet to bring people from across the region, you will definitely get more, um, more of a, a geographic spread. And, and, you know, who doesn't fancy a trip to to Barcelona in, no, in, 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 in wet February. You indeed. Know. So, so I think there's something for that. And that's where I think Tech East is kind of going broadly, is to try and focus on some of, try to keep, maintain all of that um, local and hyper-local kind of goodness and richness and, and sort of celebrate that under one, under one brand and under one, one and, you know, uh, in one place. So that people don't miss out, but also to try and try and aim a bit higher in terms of some of those sort of international and international events, where we can kind of galvanise the east of England's community to be in one place at one time, and therefore paint a really good picture of the region to the outside world. Mm. I mean, I'm going to slightly throw my cap under the, over the wall at this point and say uh, it's my it's my plan dream slash uh, plan to, to to hold a some kind of uh, event in Thetford Forest uh, in the summer in the summer months if I if I can uh, persuade them to let me uh, with uh, some nicely decorated trees and uh, fizzy drinks and uh, and whatnot um, very good we'll see how that goes and yeah. uh, <laughs> make, make sure you don't first. fall down Grimes graves while you're doing yes it. let's no. not do that let's not do that I don't I don't fancy a, a lawsuit um, <laughs> 
how does a startup navigate um, the, uh, the, the, the alphabet soup of grants and funds and, and, and whatnot? And I speak with some level of self-interest at this point. How does one do that? Well, I think this, I think you my, my advice would be, you know, be prepared to have more than one conversation when you're trying to navigate that stuff. Because there are a number, you know, there are, there are, there are a number of different answers to that. So, um, so that the, if you're, if, so, so for example, if you're, if you're a tech business based in Suffolk, we're in Suffolk, so let's talk about Suffolk. If you're a tech business based in Suffolk, the first thing you should do in terms of um, navigating the, the alphabet soup is, is have a conversation with the growth hub. Because the growth hub, that's what their, their job is to signpost businesses towards grants and you know particularly the ones that the you know are distributed via you know the little enterprise partnership uh but also you know links into innovate uk and all all all, all, all of those other other other, other funding organizations so you have a conversation with the growth you know ring the growth hub up uh, their number is on the website uh speak to an advisor book a meeting have a conversation and and you will get a really good set of information about what the current grant schemes are. The problem is that the, there's always more of these schemes than anyone can keep track of at any given time. Uh, example, of, well, there's going to be a, there's a new sort of creative businesses um, scheme. Yeah, create growth. Create growth, that's it. That's, that's coming, coming soon. Now, in order to navigate that, yes, you probably need to the growth, talk to the growth hub, but you, you, know, if, if you, you would probably also do well to have a conversation with a couple of other creative businesses locally about anything that they've taken advantage of. You know, we have a number of sort of institutions locally that play a very active role in this sort of stuff, whether it's local authorities, you know, speak to your district council, the economic development team there, Just obviously speak to the lab, I've mentioned that. The Chamber of Commerce would be usually really, really helpful. I should say also just send me a LinkedIn, you know, connect with me on LinkedIn, send info at Tech East, an email and say, help. That's what we exist to do. Um, you can talk to Howard Partridge from Innovate UK, who's the, the region's sort of um, Innovate UK manager, always says, you know, there are no wrong doors in the region. You can get into this world of grants and funding and all that through multiple entry points, growth hubs, Innovate UK and its various sort of um, uh, programs and offshoots, the public sector through universities, through um, doing a Google search, obvious, but <laughs> talking to other people, talking to other people. And I think probably, you know, techies obviously a network, there are other great networks, whether it's in manufacturing name, in agri-techie, um, CW um, for, you know, Cambridge Wireless. Uh, the meetup groups, none of these are the wrong doors. They're all, they all have value. And I think well-organized founders will, by having a conversation with one or two of those, will quickly realize they probably need to have a conversation with three or four more. But you could probably do the whole thing. You could do the whole thing in a concentrated effort over, over a week, if you were, if you were, if you were equivalent of a week if you were if you were organized and I think once you've then been through that process you can narrow down and focus on maybe the opportunities that are, are most relevant but also be prepared to kind of review that every six months to a year because new schemes are coming on stream all the time and old schemes are kind of coming to an end all the time yeah. so it's a dynamic uh, it's a dynamic situation right um the Cambridge Norwich corridor, mm. to come back to that, has has been seen as as a a, a key enabler. I believe uh, is is the term that's used in a, a, a report by the D, DDCMS. Is it DDC? It's DCMS. We'll just call it DCMS. Uh, key enabler for the region's digital economy, um, and that's from twenty twenty one. We've made a start with the aforementioned uh, train, great train adventure. Yeah. Uh, uh, how can we continue? to strengthen that and this kind of feeds into the answers you've already given but and uh, you know my, my my point of view is is very much engage 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 um but how can we continue to strengthen that uh and is is the is the answer to be not afraid to be not the first if you, if, you, if, if that makes any yeah, kind of sense yeah well okay there's quite a lot in that 
So I think, I th I think the, the, the idea of connecting up kind of key points in the region in a more effective way is, is, is important. And the work that you do with this podcast and the train-based uh, uh, kind of conference we, we had uh, was a good example of that. It's really important. You know, a two, it, it, and it's got to be a two-way street. That's the other thing, you know. So Norwich and Cambridge have got uh, some, you know, there are some synergies there. But similarly, Norwich and Ipswich have some similar synergies. Indeed. So do Cambridge and Colchester, you know. So, it, I, I, you know, I think it's more than one corridor. I think it's a kind of, it's, it's a series of, it's a series of corridors. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, as, 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 as sort of tech east with a kind of regional view, I think you can have all manner of these initiatives, so long as, you know, so long as they don't confuse the market too much and so long as they're mm -hmm. well communicated and positioned. Um, I, I definitely think there's something in it, which is don't be afraid. So if, if, if as a city or a particular county or region, mm -hmm. you know, you have a, a sort of m relatively small but high potential position in any of these exciting areas. So we talked about robotics, for example. We talk about quantum, we talk about, you know, agri-food, all of industry 4.0, whatever, whatever sort of subsector of tech it might be. You know, don't be afraid to celebrate what you've got. Indeed. And, 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 and but, but be prepared to be clear about what makes it slightly different from other places. So good example of this is, um, you know, we ran a workshop last month on fintech fintech and it was we, we ran it in norwich at aviva it was great um we had startups we had corporates we had external agencies national agencies like tech nation innovate finance the lep uh and others and i think what became really clear to me over the kind of two and a half hours of that workshop was that norwich and norfolk and ipswich and suffolk have got quite a lot of the ingredients of a successful fintech cluster you know it's got some some of the biggest corporate names in insurance mm -hmm. for sure got some really successful tech um you know wider fintech pay tech businesses whether it's sort of epos now rainbird um all of that all, all uh fleximize but we, we we what we haven't done historically is sort of is 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 seller is sort of uh celebrate what we've got so that it can be recognised at a national level. Good example of that, the Khalifa Review of UK FinTech, which came out about 18 months ago, just didn't really feature Norfolk or Suffolk at all. Cambridge was kind of there as an emerging FinTech hotspot, but not terribly well-defined. You know, contrast that with my experience of going to some of these other places in the UK. And sure, yeah, some of them are bigger cities and sure, some of them have got bigger, you know, presences from sort of the major banks or major insurance companies. Or, you know, they might or they might even have a, a, a genuine fintech success story, although I'd argue most of that's been London um, in terms of the UK. We're just not, we, we, we just don't seem to be very, very good about confidently identifying the stuff that we've got and then celebrating it mm. um and you know that's an opportunity and a, and, a, and a risk i mean the opportunity is that we just get better at doing that and suddenly we start finding ourselves on more of these national listings and that will be inherently a good thing um the the, the risk is if we don't organize ourselves then other places will just start to out accelerate Indeed. And then the real danger is that the talent that we've got in the region will go elsewhere. And, and, and I would probably always kind of come back to that as the, the key to having a successful tech cluster is to have a, a, a really substantial, rich, broad and deep Whoops. talent pool that is growing. And if you can get that right and become effectively a sort of net exporter of talent to yeah. the rest of the world, you'll be successful. I mean, the, 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 uh, the report uh, that uh, Steer Economic Development did for DCMS mm. that I cited earlier, mm. um, and that uh, expressed its concern over the low number of first-degree graduates remaining in region yeah. um, in the East. Uh, other research, um, admittedly slightly earlier, uh, that I've seen um, states that, and this, this was for the Government Office for Science, um, the, the East has the highest, by far, percentage of returners. So people who've sort of gone and yeah. done their, had their uh, 
their, their time in in uh, London or wherever it may be, yeah. overseas. Um, uh, far higher, about 40% of people who leave come back. Um, what's your reflection on that? Or should we be trying to retain them? Or uh, is there a sense to which we, we have to ref re reflect uh, the reality of that? Or, or, or do we do both? Well, I think, it's a, I think it's a mix because, you know, it certainly, it kind of makes sense, doesn't it? It, it really makes sense that in terms of returners, people would return to a region that was had offered a fantastic, you know, fantastic work-life balance. Uh, and, uh, you know, it was relatively less expensive than say living in London, uh, at the point where maybe people start to have families and start to want to kind of, kind of exit, exit London. Mm. I mean, my personal experience is, you know, I was brought up in the East of England. I then went away to university up North. I then lived in London for 10 years. And then I came back here, and, and I think that's true. Lots, lots of people. It's a natural thing. You know, young people uh, kind of want to be where it's at, and where it's at tends to be in big cities. It's as simple as that. We don't have any big cities. Not everyone corresponds with that, you know, sort of uh, stereotype, if no. you like. And, and some, people will, you know, some young people will absolutely want to stay. And the important thing for those, for those people is that they've got all the best possible opportunities in terms of careers and jobs and, and so on locally. And that is getting, that getting better. But there will always be an exodus. There will always be, a, you know, a flight to capital cities and to major metropolitan areas. And there will always be, kind of for the UK, some people who want to go and, go, go and work abroad. That's good, you know, it's a big world. Um, but, you know, when, when people are ready to come back, as they usually will, you know, funnily enough, yesterday, just uh, I was on a WhatsApp group of some of my old friends, and all of us, you know, probably were based in London in, you know, in the, in the, in the late 90s and the early 2000s, yes. sort of giving my age away. Now, um, you know, only one of, one of them's left in London. So, yeah. so there will be that. And I think the thing is that, you know, the east of England is a, is a great place to come and uh, come and relocate. But if it's only that, then it will always feel a little bit, possibly a bit fuddy-duddy. If, <laughs> if it's only people in their mid to late thirties leaving or, 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 or older, um, and we've probably got a bit of an image problem as a sort of you know wonderful retirement community, but not enough work, <laughs> exciting work. I think it's getting better. I, I don't think you can really force it though. I think no. Um, I think it's a highly attractive aspect of our culture as a region if we are encouraging young people to pursue the best opportunities where, wherever they are in the world. I think if we try and desperately hold on to people, ah, it, 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 won't, it won't work. So, 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 so I, th I, think, I think the antidote to that problem is, as, again, is to grow, is, is, is just to grow opportunities in the region. Mm. And sooner or later, people will, will come back. So what are the other, um, from your point of view, the major um, or the region-specific constraints facing the sector? And more importantly, as this is a podcast that trades on its positivity, yeah. address them. How can we sort of rectify them? And housing availability mm. is, is afford affordable housing availability is, is, is a key one. Mm. So I suppose where, where, what are those and where should, we, where should we turn our attention first? And, and not to make it too complicated, what can we do about it? Well... Um... Big question. Um, so I'm just, you know, I, I was looking before um, before we started this recording. I was looking at the um, Tech UK Local Digital Capital Index, which is something that was published for the second time a couple of months ago and first published last year, which kind of looks at the looks at the UK and kind of ranks the regions based on their kind of digital capability. It looks at things like skills. It looks at access to finance. It looks at international trade, it looks at innovation. Uh, and, and East of England scores really well, comes out third overall mm. behind London and the southeast and ahead of places like the southwest and the northwest that possibly get a little bit more um, uh, sort of, yes, yeah. more, more regular attention in, term, in, in, in terms of tech ecosystems. Look, um, our, our lowest score in that, in that, in that, in that, uh, in that index is, is, for in, is for infrastructure digital infrastructure, but also wider infrastructure. So obviously, you know, 4G, 5G, broadband, 
roads, trains, yada, yada, yada. Well, it's no real surprise with a massively, massive rural area. Yeah. Never going to be top on um, any, um, uh, you know, private sector investment list uh, over and above, a, you know, a huge city like Manchester or, 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 you know, the West Midlands. So I think we just have to sort of, to, to some extent, we have to kind of accept that there is a, that, 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 there are, that, that there are benefits and disadvantages of being a beautiful and relatively unpopulated region with a beautiful coastline and beautiful um, towns and cities and villages. Um, it's just, it's never going to be, it's never going to be like central London. Um, what do we do about it? Well, I mean, we could start. We could start to have a conversation about the political geography of the region. I don't know how helpful that would be, but you know, clearly, you look at, you know, from a sort of UK UK perspective, devolution, uh, you know, uh, devolved nations, mayoral combined authorities. Mm-hmm. You know, those things seem to be working pretty well in terms of sort of devolving decision making and economic development skills and all of that into regions. So, you know, kind of probably more of that. And I think in terms of positivity, that the, the move towards these county deals, so there'll be a Suffolk County deal, which was announced in the autumn statement, Norfolk's kind of following on close behind, uh, Colchester's now a city, South End's mm-hmm. going to be a city, uh, Cambridge is already, Cambridge and Peter are already combined authority. So that is the, the, that is the direction of travel. Um, but, you know, unless you have a, you know, a, a sort of big, it will be, remain to be seen how it works in places without a huge sort of metropolitan centre. Um, clearly, there's got to be investment in, in digital infrastructure. But I always kind of think, you know, there's so much innovation going on in terms of, in, in terms of you know, where it's mobile networks, uh, LoRaWAN, IoT networks. Those are kind of, you know, there's the SETI project that Gerard Parr at UEA has been mm. spearheading. You know, there's a lot of good thinking going on around digital infrastructure. So I think let's let's be let's be optimistic that solutions will be found to deploying better digital infrastructure in in, in rural and coastal regions. I think you know we, we are seeing investment going into places like you know through the, the through the towns deal into some of the coastal cities. So it's, it's not not bad, but ultimately the east of England risks lagging behind the northeast, the northwest, the big metro areas. And we need, probably need to get our act together a bit more in terms of collaboration across the, the those the, those counties and regions. And I think I think it's good. And the work that you do, Mike, is not to be underestimated in this. It's That's very kind. No money's changed hands, by the way. No, well, um, you know, but 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 it's relatively rare to kind of find find people or leaders with that kind of real regional regional lens. There are exceptions to that, but on the whole, if we stay fragmented or we become fragmented, it won't. It probably won't help. Um, so let's be more collaborative. Yeah. Um, thank you. Um, that's all I can say to that, really. Um, we know times are, are looking increasingly difficult. One, you know, one uh, only needs to look at the, the, the news every night to see, to see that. Um, but how do we keep ahead of steam? And apologies if I'm asking you to repeat yourself in some, in, in some degree. You've actually answered quite a lot of my questions already. No, but um, how do we keep that head of steam and that investment flowing um, into the sector? Well it's yeah you you you've got to always have an an eye on your your pipeline if you like mm-hmm. um because you know today's um big success story is sort of yesterday you know is sorry today's big success story but will be tomorrow's uh, fish and chip wrapper if you, yeah. you know the, talk the, of the town to the whisper of the village yeah exactly so um so you've got to have a regular, you've got to, there's got to be a cadence of success. Um, the, what will, what will, I think, what will make the region, and I'm not really talking about Cambridge here because there have been lots of big success stories like Arm and Autonomy and, you know, big investment stories, CMR Surgical, for example, recently. Um, that really do have put Cambridge on the map in terms of international investment, venture capital, those sorts of things, and big trade sales. You know, um, 
the uh, Amazon Alexa team is based mm-hmm. in Cambridge because it acquired a Cambridge-based business originally called True Knowledge. Um, so there's no doubt that you know you could, if, if, if you've got real innovation, you've got the brightest people in the world creating the, the, the hottest new innovations, then they, those innovations will get acquired by big tech companies, um, Google, Meta, Amazon, Samsung, etc., Apple. Um, you need a few of those, and I think we, we, we could do with a few more of those kind of outside of Cambridge across the region. And there have been such success stories. Um, Spectral Edge, for example, which was a UEA spin-out, came out of Norwich. I mean, that was acquired by one of the very biggest tech companies in the world. I can't say who it was, because I think it never, it, you know, it's, it, 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 it's, not, it's not in the public domain, but that was a big success story. Mm-hmm. Um, Inner Wisdom, which was born and bred out of sort of Ipswich Martlesham cluster, had a massive exit to Cognizant about 18 months ago. Uh, and they are themselves a huge Amazon Web Services partner. Those things kind of go a little bit below the radar because they're B two B, you know. And I think, yeah. I think, I think, you know, unless you have a like, for example, in Edinburgh with Skyscanner, that was a that was a huge story. It created over a hundred millionaires in Edinburgh overnight, um, or you know, like Rockstar Games coming out of, of Dundee. For example, oh, yeah. those those sorts of stories do cut through in the public consciousness a bit more than your business to business ones. Um, but you know, we don't have to obsess with having like those those, those that, that that necessary things of that scale. We just need more of them because I think let's take somewhere like Norwich for example. Norwich has currently kind of got a cohort of I'd say very very good very strong tech companies developing experts e-surgery epos now rainbird or whatever mm-hmm. and if one of one or two of those was to have a big exit maybe in the space of a year or 18 months suddenly people would see a, a pattern emerging yeah and um so 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 we need that so 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 the the kind of the bit that's closest to the sort of public consciousness or to the things that journalists write about or that gets into the Wall Street Journal or, the, or to TechCrunch or whatever, we need a couple of those kind of, um, th- th- those uh, sort of chickens to kind of come home to roost, so to speak. And then in the, in the, middle, in the middle part where we've, got, where we've got businesses that are doing well and scaling up we need to make sure that we continue to give them every opportunity to do so that's not about picking winners it's about it's about support you know it's about supporting the kind of the, the middle part of the, the market the ones that have maybe just had their series a or you know they've had a they've had a successful seed round and they're really beginning to kind of go gangbusters so you do need hubs you know, you do need um, grow on space. You do need access to VC and all of that. All of those things. That's kind of like techies really concerned. We're really concerned to make sure that that part of the ecosystem is working. But absolutely, you need stuff at the front end or the top of that funnel, if I'm to mixing my metaphors here. So you need lots of really good new startups because unless you've got lots of startups, you won't have a few really good scale-ups and then a, a very small number of successful exits. And I think that is where more effort needs to be put in. Who could put that effort in? Well, it's a number of different, a number of diff, diff, different entities. I think central government needs to focus on new startup creation. I think there's a role for um, you know, third sector organisations, whether it's sort of Prince's Trust or those kinds of you know, things that are inspiring young people to be entrepreneurial. Um, I think the corporates, you know, let's take Aviva, for example, good example. Um, Aviva is a very big employer um, in the region, very big employer in Norwich, over a thousand tech people in Norwich, significant player. Aviva's beginning to look at, you know, how it can play its role as a sort of anchor employer and corporate in things like tech skills. And there's a new project called the Aviva Foundry, and it's probably something you'd like to might want to consider doing a <clears throat> Eastern Eastern Promise podcast on next year, which is a which is a skills and talent initiative. But that is all about actually kind of like things like sharing apprenticeship levy with SMEs uh, locally and opening up their sort of skills and training capability beyond Aviva itself. All, you know, so corporates have a role to play. Universities have a role to play. 
FE colleges have a role to play, not just in terms of sort of vocational skills training, but also in entrepreneurship. Like City College Norwich is a good example of that. Um, they, they, they focus on entrepreneurship. But there's got to be more of that. And I think then in terms of sort of the public sector or county deals and LEPs and organisations like Tech East that sort of sit across these things, we probably need to do a bit more targeted work on inspiring the creation of startups in areas where the region has sort of real strength, clean energy, ports and logistics, fintech selectively, um, health. So what that would look like, I think, will vary from sector to sector, but places, coming back to it, Norwich Research Park will be a fantastic place to do some more challenge-based innovation, new startup creation, interface of the science and research world with the tech community around some particular challenges that are to do with you know the future food health energy all of that you know you can't do that stuff on a wing and a prayer you can do it on a, a, a low a, a relatively low cost and you can do it with a very willing band of volunteers and i should single out i think again this year Look at Sink the City in Norwich. Yes, Sink indeed. the City, terrific. And they've, they, they've kept that going and growing for m many years now. And it has produced some great startups. But we kind of need more of that sort of stuff. And we need probably different flavours of Sink the City type activity in terms of hackathons and startup weekends for different sectors of the economy, for different specialisms with varying levels of incentive, you know, maybe things with very big prizes and things that are more about, you know, recognition and community. So, you know, just more and more of that. Because ultimately, unless we have a really good pipeline of tech startups um, in the region, we're not going to have that kind of, you know, at the, the, the really pointy end of the funnel. We're not going to have those, um, those big exits. And those are the things that are going to put us on the map. Well, I'm bound to say that... Um... The co you can find, or you will be able to find, you can find by the time you hear this, um, the Eastern Promise coverage of Sync the City 2022 ah. uh, on, the, on your podcast feed or on uh, or easternpromise.podbean.com. Um, it was an absolutely amazing experience. And there were some, there were some really interesting startups coming out from that. Uh, I'm loathe to, to single anyone out. There were some really fun ones. There were some really... Um, deep social purpose ones uh one that's the, the win the eventual winner um was trust me which was um a cv verification system which um was was not only dealing with a real problem but was a really sort of innovative uh, idea mm. um one change uh, actually no scrap that talk to me about the the tech east 100 so Tech East 100, um, which uh, had its first outing in 2020. Uh, so the idea of Tech East 100 was to identify through a rigorous, a rigorous process, right? A rigorous process of, um, you know, a selection and assessment and judging. The 100 most eye-catching, interesting, high-potential tech businesses in Norfolk and Suffolk. Uh, its origins sort of, uh, it had its origins. There were a number of ideas. We eventually sort of, it's sort of through a series of pivots, we came to the Tech East 100. So the first idea was to have an awards for tech mm -hmm. in the region. And actually I looked at it pretty much as soon as I started this job in 2017 and said, look, we've really got some really great tech awards. We've got the Develop Her Awards, for example, from mm, yes. Tech, which Vicky Allen started up and is going strong and just as it just happened again. And, you know, so why would you, why, you know, why would you want to do a, an, an, another awards? Um, we've got, you know, and, 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 and there was, then there was the idea of having a directory. So all the tech businesses in the region on the sort of map and you would have a listing. Yeah. Trouble with directories is kind of keeping them up to date. Exactly. A nightmare. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of, you know, tech, digital. It's not always a very helpful term. It includes absolutely everything. So, for example, the guy who repairs my Mac in Felixstowe, who's a one-man band, um, and he is a fantastic guy, 
you know, it's not, that's not the same as an EPOS Now or a Vivid Q or an ARM. It's, it, you know, it's unhelpful to bundle computer repair shop in with, but, but, but you know, sick codes um, do bundle those things yeah. in together. So we decided instead, um, this was a collaborative effort across the two counties and very strongly supported by both Suffolk County Council and Norfolk County Council at the time, to do a slice kind of excluding the big corporates like BT and KCOM and so on that were in the region, Aviva in the region, a, a slice of really the, the, the 100 most eye-catching businesses. And the idea was to, to, to put them on a list that we could then celebrate them as a, as a collective, as a whole, um, and give visibility. Because, and, and 100 is just, a, you know, it's just an artificial number, but it felt about right. And we, I think we had 240-odd on the long list, and then we kind of got, got down to a short list of 179. So, you know, it, it, and, and, then, and then of those 100, um, it, it, was, it ended up being roughly half and half Norfolk and Suffolk. We, we deliberately focused on Norfolk and Suffolk because there were already kind of existing things like the Cofinitive 21 to Watch in Cambridge and mm -hmm. didn't feel we needed to do that. Um, and we had originally planned to have a big uh, high-profile event and launch and then uh, COVID came along and we had to kind of rethink it. So we did a hybrid event in September 2020 uh, at Adastral Park, which Lisa Perkins and I hosted. And we had some fantastic uh, speakers. We managed to land Stephen Fry, which was a bit of a coup. Oh, my God. Um, and uh, we... Uh, and I think just it was the nature of COVID that, 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 that people like Stephen were prepared to give up a little bit of time. Of course, he's famously a, a Norfolk resident, Cambridge graduate, suffered, um, brought up, I think, in, in Barry's or family in Barry St. Edmunds. So, you know, he kind of, he, he, he was absolutely the right person to, to, to yeah. ask to celebrate that. Um, that was 2020. Um, so next September, it'll be three years since we did it. We're very keen to do it again. Mm -hmm. um, and we would like probably, because Tech East 100 is 100 eye-catching companies, we would like to, I think, develop that so that it's companies and people because, you know, we have this extremely uh, kind of exciting pool of talent, but people who are perhaps middle managers or in some cases, um, you know, relatively new entrants or junior members of staff, or even people who are apprentice, apprentices and, and just come really coming into that coming into that world. There are some amazing people there. We'd like to do more to celebrate that. We'd like to celebrate the diversity of those people. Uh, we'd like to celebrate because because the, it's the individuals who will stick around. The individuals will, may outlive out, outlive the businesses in some cases. So we, 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 we're hoping to bring Tech East 100 back next year. Mm -hmm. um, that's uh, breaking news. On the, uh, that's an exclusive, uh, probably in the autumn. Um, and you know, on reflection, you know, what, one of the things I think that did work about Tech East 100, and it came back to the assessment process is that I don't think we missed a single business in tech business in Norfolk and Suffolk that wasn't important, eye-catching and high potential, because so many of those businesses have gone on to have successful raises, exits. You know, I mentioned Inner Wisdom. I should also mention FX Home, exit to Art Ah, oh, yes. Um, uh, know Your Money, exit to um, uh, Nerd Wallet, um, Session Cam, exit the glass box you know it, it was a good tracker it was a good tracker of the exciting companies we'd like to do more with it we'd like to put more into it we'd like to do something absolutely magnificent face-to-face -face, buzzing get everyone together celebrate that so yeah watch this space fantastic um one change you could make to the sector what would that be oh god <laughs> I mean, positive, I have not, you know. One change I could make to the sector, what, in the east of England? Yeah, it, well, you're, you, you have a, you imagine you've got a one-use one digital uh, magic wand and you can make one, one change for the good. What would the Tim Robinson, the pet, Tim Robinson change be? Uh, one change that I would make. Well, I mean, I think, I mean, I think this is happening already, but, 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 but I mentioned diversity. 
there's no doubt that the um, the tech the tech industry the tech sector and this is a global problem but it's true round here is rather male dominated to say the least um, and uh, that's that's not that's not good because um, I think if 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 it's hard for young women to harder for young women to enter the industry because they don't see role models around them uh, and they don't find events sufficiently diverse, then they will probably be less attracted to it as as, as a pressure. So, so I, th I think that's 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 probably the the biggest thing that needs work. That comes down to individual businesses uh, having the right culture and leadership and, and recognizing that it's a challenge and a problem doing something about it. It, it, it there's a role for networks and event organizers to make sure that their um, their, their speakers their panels uh, their audiences are diverse it, it, you know you've got to, you've got to work on it um, Nikki Whiting who's uh, I've known for, for for a number of years who used to be involved in the precursor to Innovate UK Edge, which was the Enterprise Europe Network, and is now a cybersecurity, cyber you know, thought leader in cybersecurity. You know, she she gave a fantastic talk a few months ago up at uh, the uh, North Norwich Showground as part of the Cyber East, uh, a Cyber East event about sort of ten things that businesses could do in terms of job ads, recruitment, you know, um, offering kind of buddying for for new starters uh, around diversity. And so it's not just one thing, it's like 10 things that you need to do. Because, you know, I would like to see that the, the East of England start to um, be ahead of the sort of national average on diversity rather than rather than behind it. Um, and, and I'm not just talking about gender diversity. I think that's I think that's just a huge challenge for the industry. Yeah. Um, and, you know, having recently been at uh, an international tech conference, there was a lot of talk about cryptocurrency and Web three. Uh, well, we all know what's been happening in the, in that yeah. in that industry. <laughs> last week. But you know the number of you know it's it's all blokes. It was all blokes uh, talking about that stuff. Yeah. Well, you know that's not gonna it's not gonna help the world, is it? So 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 I think that's that that's probably that's probably a kind of macro thing. I think. If I'm allowed to, it feels like Desert, oh, Desert Island Discs. It's like go Desert on. Island Discs, isn't it? I'm going to be disqualified from this. I think locally, and this isn't just the sector, it's about everyone. We, we need to start picking some, we need to, I think, start placing some bets, bigger bets on some specific sort of sectors and opportunities. You know, it would be... It would seem crazy for one of those not to be clean energy net zero. Given I got could not agree more, um, and 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 that's not to say that we that the east of England has a monopoly on clean energy. You know, you look at the um, you know you look you, you you look at you look at Hull and Humberside. You look at the northeast. You look at you know the the southwest. You look at the you look at Cornwall. You look at uh, Scotland. They all have good, good good stories around clean energy, but we've got one of the best. We do indeed. And you know, we uh, and, and, uh, but we are miles away, I think, from marrying the capabilities that we've got in digital and innovation with the assets and the sort of natural resources that we've got in terms of sort of offshore wind, for example, new nuclear, hydrogen. The list goes on. And I think, you know, to it may try and neatly make the connection back to something we talked about earlier, Mike, networking, it is tribal. You go to an offshore wind conference or an energy conference full of energy people. You go to a tech conference it's full of tech people. It's like, unless you do a bit of social engineering, never the twain shall meet. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, so I think that is, just, that, that is just a sort of complete no-brainer, but requires... A, a degree of commitment and a strategic approach over time to make it happen. Otherwise, we'll, we'll, just, we'll just be where we are in two years and nothing will have changed. Thank you very much, Tim. Uh, that was a fascinating and, dare I say, slightly challenging um, look at the work of Tech East, the, the sector in the east of England. Um, it certainly uh, challenged a few of my preconceptions about uh, the approach of this podcast. 
and I, one, can I uh, recommend Tim's coffee, which is fantastic, <laughs> and can I second, thank you very much, Tim Robinson, for your, your knowledge, your time, and your wisdom. Oh, well, thank you very much, Mike. I've really enjoyed it. It was lovely to journey down to Suffolk to meet with Tim, and I'm deeply grateful to him for being so hugely generous with his time and his coffee, which was excellent. <laughs>